Agenda-setting conversations of the day. Well, confirmation yesterday that the Constitutional Court will not hear an appeal from the Correctional Services Department against an earlier Supreme Court of Appeal judgment overturning a decision to give former President Jacob Zuma medical parole. In 2021, the Constitutional Court sentenced Zuma to 15 months in prison because he had defied their earlier order to continue testifying at the Zondo Commission. Two months later, the Medical Parole Board turned down Zuma's application for medical parole. They said he was not terminally ill. However, the Correctional Services Commissioner at the time, Arthur Fraser, who, as you know, had previously worked for Zuma, overturned that decision and ordered that Zuma be released. The DA and the Helen Sussman Foundation challenged that decision, the Arthur Fraser decision, in court. Yesterday, the Constitutional Court then confirming a Supreme Court of Appeal ruling that they were right to do so and that Fraser's decision decision was wrong. There's a lot to look at here. You're very aware, of course, of the consequences of what happened when Zuma was jailed. Benedict Piri is an attorney and a legal analyst. Benedict, good morning. Good morning, Stephen, and good morning to the listeners. Okay, this is one of those cases with many moving parts. Firstly, as I understand it, the Medical Parole Board makes findings, and yet here the Correctional Services Commissioner, Arthur Fraser, as he then was, overturned that decision, I mean, literally on his own, unilaterally. So I suppose that decision was always going to be problematic. Yes, that decision was always going to be problematic. And uh, I started right at the High Court before Judge Matojane, who found that it was unlawful for Arthur Fraser to act in that way. Um, He then sent Mr. Zuma back to jail. Uh, The Supreme Court of Appeal also confirmed that it was unlawful for Arthur Fraser to act in that way, uh, although did not necessarily say that Mr. Zuma must Uh, serve out the rest of his sentence um, at the correctional facility, but left it to the correctional services uh, uh, department to determine uh, if it could, you know, allow him, uh, you know, reduce time, if we can call it that, right? Or rather that the time that he'd served could count towards his total 15 months. Uh, What the Constitutional Court has done now is it's taken us back to the Supreme Court of Appeal judgment. Uh, In fact, in paragraph 60 of that judgment, the Supreme Court of Appeal was quite clear about what should happen. It said that Mr. Zuma should go back to the escort correctional facility to serve out the remainder of his sentence. And to the extent that he may be, uh, you know, released early or time should be taken into account uh, in affording him a a release, uh, uh, you know, the correctional services um, commissioner must actually make that decision if he's empowered to do so. But what needs to happen now is that Mr. Zuma must go back to escort. Um, okay, I'm going to come to all of that because that can get quite complicated too. For the Constitutional Court, so they decided not to hear the application for leave to appeal. How do they make that decision? How do they decide which appeal they will hear and which appeal they will not hear? They've decided here not to hear this. Yeah, they decided here not to hear this because the Constitutional Court said that there was no reasonable prospects of success on appeal. In other words, uh, the appeal by the Correctional Services Department would never have succeeded at the Constitutional Court. Um, So what that says is that the two courts below that, the Supreme Court of Appeal and the High Court, had been correct in the application of the law that Arthur Fraser had overstepped uh, and had acted unlawfully. So it was quite clear that there was no arguments that uh, the Correctional Services uh, could uh, lead, or Mr. Zuma could lead, 
that would lead to a different conclusion. That's what it turned on on this particular basis. Okay, so now we come to the previous decision, uh, the Supreme Court of Appeal decision, that Zuma must finish his sentence. Now, as I understand it, as you've pointed out, the the current Correctional Services Commissioner, uh, Makoti Tobakale, he has to decide whether the time served by Zuma at home on medical parole counts as time served as part of a sentence. But Benedict, in my limited experience, this is unique. So as far as I know, medical parole is normally only for people who are terminally ill. And this is the first time someone who was released on medical parole is going back to jail. So then does Makoti Tobakale have to make a decision with no precedent to guide him because it's never happened before? Well, he doesn't have to make the decision. And I think it's important to really pay attention to the language of the Supreme Court of Appeal uh, judgment. Firstly, Mr. Zuma must go back to the correctional facility. And then it would be up to Mr. Zuma, if he wants to be considered uh, for a release, to then apply to the commissioner for a release. And he'd have to then set up the ground upon which the commissioner would be able uh, to make that decision. Uh, and I think what's important here is, you know, the, the, the SCA said this, if the commissioner is empowered to do so, so that's a big if, he might take into account any period that Mr. Zuma has served in an application for grounds for release. So it's not just up to him to make that decision. Uh, first, Mr. Zuma must go back, then he must make an application and set out the grounds for release, and the commissioner must then consider that, obviously on a rational basis and within a legal way uh, in determining whether there would be grounds for release. So is there now a, is there a clock ticking somewhere? Does, does um, the, I mean, Zuma, from what you suggest, I suppose is the one who has to make a move first. Uh, does he have to uh, uh, present himself at, at the correctional services facility in the next 24 hours? Does the commissioner have to make a decision? Are we going to see a flurry of applications at a high court somewhere? Well, so what needs to happen is um, the, the Correctional Services Department has to secure Mr. Zuma's um, uh, detention at escort. Um, so there will be at some point today, I'm assuming if not yesterday, correspondence from the commissioner or the department to Mr. Zuma making arrangements for that. Um, that obviously has to be implemented as soon as possible. Uh, you know, Mr. Zuma may not necessarily be around, or you know, but it has to be implemented to give effect to the court order as soon as possible. Um, so that's really what needs to happen immediately. Uh, so I'd like, you know, I'm waiting to see what the, the department will say around arrangements to secure Mr. Zuma's detention. Um, I mean, I've seen some other legal commentaries suggesting, Benedict, that actually things could go the other way, that there could be some kind of other argument. So it's your view then that he has to go to jail first. That's the first thing that needs to happen. I mean, quite a lot hangs on this. Yes, that is my view. And I mean, that's exactly what the Supreme Court of Appeal judgment says. Um, I don't read it in any other way. I, I think if Mr. Zuma does not go to jail, um, you know, the commissioner will have to explain to us why that would be the case in the face of quite clear language in paragraph 60 of the Supreme Court of Appeal judgment. I do understand that it does create anxieties because the last time Mr. Zuma went to jail, you know, it was a difficult time for the country. And, you know, we've had similar, uh, you know, climate in the sense of these truck burnings and all of this around this particular point in time, which does create similar anxieties. But hopefully there would be some sense of leadership from Mr. Zuma and uh, the Correctional Services Department in this particular respect and a better handling of the situation for what is quite clearly a lawful and 
legal and clear obligation that Mr. Zuma must comply with in this instance. Is there a ticking clock here? Is there a day? Um, I'm sorry, you can change gears slightly. The other case yesterday, Benedict, in the Constitutional Court around the suspended public protector, Busasiyam Kobani, and the Western Cape High Court said that uh, President Cyril Ramaphosa was wrong to suspend her when she was investigating Palapala. Judges yesterday say the investigation went on without her, so Ramaphosa did not benefit personally from that. So in other words, Mkobane stays suspended. How do you view that judgment? I think it's a good judgment. Um, and I think, you know, the Constitutional Court uh, really expanded and, and gave quite a lot of detail into the timeline around when actually this process um, for the public protective suspension actually started and made it clear that, you know, it wasn't just a knee-jerk reaction from the president after the questions on Parapara had been put to him. Um, you know, this had been an ongoing process which had been supported by a number of other processes uh, for a lengthy period of time. And if anything, the president is probably guilty of not suspending her earlier. Um, and, and it couldn't have been that he was biased or uh, risked the conflict of interest because of the Parapara questions. I think it's a good judgment. I think the timeline elaborated by the court really underpins uh, what actually happened in this particular matter, which I think is, is correct. I mean, in a way, it could be a difficult call because if you say that the president cannot suspend a public protector who is investigating the president, in the future, a public protector could start investigating a president just to stay in office, just to stop being suspended. That's exactly the mischief that the court actually pointed out in its judgment yesterday. It said, well, you know, if we allow for this kind of situation, any time... Uh, somebody gets into a situation like this, they can just, you know, challenge the legality of the process or challenge the suspension or anything of that matter. And that would actually hamstring the ability of the executive or the president to actually make a decision such as this, which is important because it goes to safeguarding the integrity of the public protector's office while she is being, uh, you know, investigated for her inability to actually um, conduct that office properly. Benedict Piri, thank you. The attorney and legal analyst, really do appreciate the time on SAFM this morning.